I remember when I first started sharing more stories in my business, it was like I had a light bulb moment and it finally clicked for me that I was seeing the transformation with the people that I was networking with when I told story. They finally understood what I did and how I supported my clients. And that's when I knew I was onto something and needed to share more of myself through storytelling. I'm excited to announce that I'm going to be hosting a workshop, a 90-minute live interactive workshop where you're going to learn how to tell better stories. Will you show up as your authentic self, grow your personal brand, and close more sales? So if you've been wondering or asking yourself, do I need to learn how to use storytelling in my business? This workshop is for you. Join me on February 16th for a 90-minute intensive workshop where we're going to dive really deep into your story, create all the pieces for building out your origin story, and how to use storytelling in your social posts and the videos that you create when you're interviewed on podcasts or even if you are showing up and speaking live or virtually on stages. Head to darleneholly.com backslash storytelling workshop to learn more. The early bird registration is only $47 if you sign up before February 1st. And then if you sign up after February 1st until February 16th, when we go live for the workshop, it'll be $97. Head over, check it out. I would love to have you join me. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. All right, let's dive into today's episode. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset, and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so glad you're here. Welcome to a new year. It's 2022, and I have with me today Lisa Malka Shinana. She is the founder and CEO of the Customer Success Institute. And she is an expert for over a decade with hands-on experience with established businesses running and helping them scale up their customer service operations. And some of and she's involved in some of the world's most innovative startups. Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, hi, Darlene. It's so great to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, I'm always thrilled to have new people in my community and to connect with. And I am so excited to hear your story today because each and every single one of us has these unique um, stories that have brought us into starting our businesses and how we've come to do these things. And it's so cool to hear different stories. So I'm excited to hear yours today. Let's start with kind of how did you start your business and what brought you to where you are today? Sure. Uh, so um, as you mentioned already, I've been in uh, customer success uh, management and international business for over a decade now. Uh, it's been a really fascinating journey. And every time I reflect on my choices, um, from the very beginning of my career, um, 
I started, I, I studied, I went to a STEM school, right? So I, I learned math, computer science, physics from the very young age. And uh, at some point um, I got very much interested in uh, systems overall. Uh, computer science is a lot about systems, about translating the language of, of humans to uh, be understandable by computers while computers the other hand are created by people right so we yes. have like this whole circle um and this passion to technology and systems and uh symbolic systems especially uh and to all of the diversity uh of on the one hand those systems on the other hand uh the people committee uh, brought me uh to the career of customer success manager um, this helped me to serve hundreds of uh, various companies uh, that were looking uh, to implement technology into their operations, uh, data-driven technologies. A lot of technologies that I supported were uh, based on data mining solutions uh, or even on artificial intelligence. Um, and due to, on one hand, uh, the character of customer success management as a profession, which is a totally new profession, uh, you need to really be an owner um, and you need to be very, very close to both business and technology. Um, at some point, I realized that, you know, my dream is really to um, create my own project, uh, create my own company, my own business. Um, and when uh, the pandemic kicked in, uh, I actually more or less remember that time, uh, it was around January 2020, uh, when I came back uh, from a big uh, rollout of one of uh, the technologies that I supported, that I supported back then. Um, it was a huge success. Uh, we ran, um, digitalization uh, strategy workshops for uh, top management of one of our uh, global banks uh, that has some other things uh, offices in Mumbai and Bangalore um, and I think that was the point when um, after conversing you know and having those conversations with hundreds and hundreds of people uh, not only from uh, India but also from Singapore Hong Kong um, many other European countries, right? All this experience kind of came together. I, I actually started to see and comprehend um, how not that straightforward it is for so many people, especially those uh, different generations where each generation had a different level of tech uh, exposure, right? Uh, I realized the complexity of technology adoption. Um, so I came back uh, uh, from that uh, business trip to Israel uh, that for, you know, an understandable reason was the last business trip for me in 2020 because there were literally no, no flights no. <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, so I had a lot of time unlocked for me. Um, and um, one of the things that um, I had the opportunity to do at that point was asking myself, okay, so one, I'm really good at something that I'm doing now, which is custom success management, uh, which is strategic, um, I would say, uh, empowerment of uh, companies through technology. Um, I now understand better what is the value of it. So how do I take it further? 
And uh, as a very much data-driven person, uh, one of the things I did, I said, okay, so if I were to start my own project, uh, how do I know what it should be? Uh, and um, back at the time, I was also invited uh, to uh, run a live webinar for a um, few hundred people from uh, Israel, from uh, other countries uh, on what actually customer success management is. And as I was preparing for this speech, uh, I was looking at all kinds of statistics and I got to Google Trends. Uh, so that's one of the tools that I really use to understand what's in the world and to really read the data and provide, uh, I would say, rational explanation to things that may not be so explicit for people from the first side. Uh, and what I saw as I was preparing for the webinar is uh, when you look uh, at Google Trends, the Customer Success Manager, CSM, uh, there's the shirt for Customer Success Manager or the Customer Success Management, the trend went up. Okay, so the trend was like flat, 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 flat for like uh, uh, many years, maybe from uh, Google Trends gives you maybe 10 years back. Yeah. So maybe until 2014 or something, the trend was pretty much flat. There was almost no people who would ask Google, what is customer business management? Yeah. Um, and around 2014, 2015, the trend started to go up. Um, and, and that back then, there was 2020. So the trend continued to go up. Yeah. Um, and I drilled down and I was like, okay, so, so what actually that means and where uh, do people understand what customer success management is? Because there is so many other um, domains that uh, kind of sound like customer success management, uh, like customer support, customer service, uh, account management, sales, um, and uh, client relations, CRM, right? So there is this new notion that starts to emerge. Um, and uh, as I was looking for these answers, um, the pandemic rocks up. Uh, and uh, we suddenly see uh, more and more technology uh, that uh, comes into play. Uh, and I shared the trends uh, 20, 2021. Okay, uh, so in 2021, uh, I see the trend goes even further, and there is now even more and more uh, need uh, for customer success management professionals uh, linked in uh, in the midst of 2020 issued uh, a report on the future careers, um, and uh, before the pandemic, one of the uh, most sought after uh, professions were developers, right? The backend developer, frontend developer, HTML developer, whatever it would be. And then suddenly we see customer success management being the top six profession uh, in the US alone, according to LinkedIn, which is probably one of the biggest platforms that aggregates the knowledge on the um, on the workforce and on the, uh, you know, I would say supply and demand uh, of jobs um, in markets across the globe. Um, and that's huge, right? Yeah. So we, with 2020, we suddenly see the need for, uh, for, for this customer success management. And I think that I probably didn't quite articulate what it means, but there is a huge, uh, uh, a very important ident uh, identifier, or unique identifier, I would say, of customer success management, uh, which unlike uh, um, customer support, client relations, 
um, and all of the uh, sounding alike domains um, has the element of technology, right? So the purpose of customer success management, among other things, is to enable technology adoption. And that's what I started doing in Customer Success Institute. Um, we've uh, officially registered uh, the company in early 2021. Um, and now I run uh, a global team. So uh, from the very beginning, actually, uh, I had the idea as a founder uh, and, and a pandemic has been a huge enabler for it, right? Uh, to actually uh, get access to the top talent uh, from across the globe with no needs to actually fly and convince anyone, you know, you have all of the uh, legit rights to just hop on a call with the best of the best from any uh, location um, you want to work with and engage them into your business. Um, so we are now uh, um, more than 10 people uh, globally uh, excluding the network of customer success top experts uh, that help us to um, provide the knowledge uh, to the companies that want to adopt these strategies, these methodologies uh, in their business. I absolutely love that you did the research and really identified a business that was going to be super viable, like from the get go, because like, I love how you like backtracked and researched like 10 years ago, no one was searching. And then all of a sudden, like there's this huge demand for that, because one of the things that I see as an online business coach is sometimes we have this passion and this idea and we want to make this our business. And sometimes there's not an immediate need or we don't get our messaging right to make sure that we're pulling in the right clients and it's hard to get clients and to, to start off. But one of the things that I talk to all my clients about is making sure you go out there and actually have conversation, do the research, find out what the viability is before you get started. And I love the fact that you just like dug really deep into like all the numbers and found something that was going to provide so much value to these companies because customer service is needed more now than ever, especially when it comes to just like, how do we show up and build that human to human connection on top of like the beautiful automation and the technology that we have running in the back of it as well. What would you say has been like one of your biggest ahas or things that you've learned about maybe yourself or the business that's helped you get to be so successful so quickly? Uh, so I think that first of all, my definition of success has been evolving like crazy with uh, the with the launch of my business. Uh, when you are your own boss, you really need to have totally different attitudes to many, many things and you need to change the way you see things. And it's not easy. Um, and I think that at the beginning, I was actually, I'm a very ambitious person, right? <laughs> uh, that, that helped me to build a very successful career uh, in the corporate world and that probably, pushed me uh, moving forwards to found my own company because you really need to have a lot of confidence you know, yeah. <laughs> to just start something you have no idea about. Um, I'm talking about business. I'm not talking about customer success management, yeah. obviously. Uh, so um, I think that one of the great things that uh, happened to me um, and that helped me uh, uh, and that still helps me to 
keep going and to keep motivated and to expand uh, uh, the mission that I bring together with the Customer Success Institute. And actually, the mission is to educate uh, future customer success uh, leaders uh, and to increase their standards of uh, the way they provide the service and of the way they actually deliver the value uh, to the clients and to the clients of their clients because we yeah. always be one step ahead. Uh, Isma is learning, okay? So uh, when you start something new, uh, and I know uh, we always like to recap how children learn to walk. Uh, so when kids learn to walk at the beginning, they cannot really manage to walk. Uh, so they try one time, second time, third time, fourth time, until they actually figure it out, right? So sometimes it takes them a few months, okay? Now imagine a few months you try to walk and it doesn't work. Uh, so if you give up after two or three days, you literally end up not walking, right? Uh, kids are lucky because they don't um, give that much of the price to this little failure. They don't really think like adults, they think every time I fall, I fail. And every time I fail, uh, I fall in the eyes of my parents because they see that I'm unable to walk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's terrible, right? So I was like, okay, so listen, let's imagine that whatever doesn't go as perfect as it was in the um, familiar to me domain is just a learning curve. And that's how I perceive it. I just perceive whatever is happening to me in the business as a learning curve. And what we need to know about the learning curve uh, is that uh, there is always like these kind of waves, right? So we first, we get to a certain level, it's, it's, uh, it feels easy, then it turns out it's hard. Uh, then, then, so we, we move a little bit down and we feel a little bit demotivated. And then it turns out that at the time when we are demotivated, we actually have learned and it takes us some time to internalize uh, the new knowledge. And then we can go to the next wave um, to get to the next level of expertise and so on and so on. Um, and this uh, model has been very helpful for me uh, to under understand continually. And I'm very grateful also that I'm just, uh, two years um, in this process, right? And maybe, yeah, more or less, more or less two years uh, as of now. Um, and I understand that uh, the distance that I've covered um, has been uh, quite significant and it's still very, very beginning, right? So you never start a business to, yeah. uh, for, two, for two months, right? It's, it's or maybe there are people who do that. Uh, uh, you started something really long-term uh, enterprise that will help to build a lot of impact around you and to, I would say, expand uh, your idea to other people so they can actually serve this bigger mission that initially was just, you know, maybe one sentence in your 20-something, uh, 2018 uh, diary where you write your annual review, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's 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 how I manage it so far. Maybe I love that. Also I, different. Yeah, I love that you shared that because I think it's 
something that's so common, right? As we start these businesses and we know how to do the work, but we don't always necessarily know how to market it or to like what pieces we need to implement to close more sales and to get clients and to do those things. And it's a learning curve. I know for myself, when I left retail management and became a business coach, I could coach all day long, but the marketing piece and the sales piece, that was a piece, I did the sales piece, but not really the marketing piece in retail management. Like the clients walked into the building and I sold to them and I um, ran the front of the store, the operations, um, I did customer service, management, operations, HR training, development, all those pieces. And I was really good at knowing what to do with the client once I had them. But there was a huge learning curve in the beginning for me for how do I go out and actually get the client to come in and say yes, so that I can serve them and show up in that way. And that's typical, like the biggest learning curve each of us have. And so it's important that we don't just assume like, because we're going to fall like a kid does when they're learning to walk. We're going to, you know, misstep. We're going to try things out and test and measure it and throw the spaghetti against the wall and see if it's going to stick. And sometimes it doesn't work the way that we intended to, but it's about getting back up and putting yourself back out there and learning from those, mis you know, those failures, those mistakes, the successes, all of those pieces are what really help us move forward and continue to grow and continue to develop. I feel like I'm I've been in business for over 15 years now and I'm still learning. I learn something new every single day. I read a book and I'm like, oh, like I might've even heard it before, but I hear it in a new way today because of where I'm at now. And so it's one of those pieces that as entrepreneurs, like we're continuously involving, we're continuously learning. And it's just, it's like the best personal development tool you could ever get is starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur. Totally, I totally agree with you. I think there is um, a, a fine line um, in the definition of an entrepreneur because, um, and I know that actually, uh, that's totally a highlight of the United States of America as a very, very entrepreneurial country that yeah. very much encourages entrepreneurship. And I think that Israel is also a very entrepreneurial country that encourages both entrepreneurship and innovation. Um, and there is, uh, actually see a lot of similarities between the US um, and Israel because we both have those very uh, diverse communities, uh, very diverse groups of people who come from uh, different locations, different backgrounds. Um, and these different backgrounds imply different thinking, uh, not only at a um, surface level, but also deeper um, into the surface of behavior of, of each personality, which helps to create those new creative solutions, right? Um, then on the other hand, um, I think that when we think of entrepreneurship, um, sometimes, uh, especially maybe with men, uh, that's why I feel like uh, if I close my eyes and an entrepreneur uh, is associated with a red Porsche or something, you know, something very expensive and then you break it uh, probably because you drove too fast because it actually can do that, <laughs> right? The red Porsche probably can drive really, really fast. Um, and then, okay, a lot of frustration. Um, but then um, I actually realized that uh, it probably is not the full story, right? That's what we see from the outside sometimes. It's like a very, very big highlight. Uh, but uh, I had once a conversation, of course, I have, uh, I did my MBA uh, in China um, and 
like I study my technology part uh, in, uh, in Israel and I have still a lot of classmates that I uh, stay in touch with. Uh, so there is this uh, very famous, um, it's called the entrepreneurial roller coaster, right? So you probably see like, it's like, uh, you know, the uh, y, the y axis and the x axis, right? And then you have this like, like that, like, like excitement, desperation, excitement, desperation, excitement, desperation. And then at some point it becomes like this. Okay. <laughs> now this flat part, uh, I actually very much like it because that's the, that's the points where you suddenly realize it's just work. <laughs> you, know? yeah. you just work. You just work on something that of course makes you feel very excited. You must be passionate about what you're doing. This is the whole concept of getting into entrepreneurship because you finally define things that you really, really like, uh, that uh, maybe no workplace can really give you that much of a freedom to create in that specific domain because they only need maybe 10% of that domain, but you actually want to explore it 100% or 1000%. But at the end of the day, you get to this like uh, flat part of the, of the roller coaster where you just understand that gradually, 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 every day you work in that direction, you work in that direction and you see results, you see results, gradually they come. It, it, there's that piece to it that it's just sometimes taking what do I need to work on right today to take my business one step for, further to get to my next goal. Sometimes the roller coaster I know for myself is when I'm thinking because it's good to think big picture, but then like for me, I need to break it into those like baby actionable little steps to actually get there. It's like climbing a mountain. I can't just get to the top of the mountain um from standing at the bottom but if I baby step it and take okay I'm gonna take these steps in this order and do these things that's when success can come <clears throat> so it's important to find like what's that place that you need to be at to continuously take that action to continually move yourself forward so that you don't stay stuck because if I look at the bottom if I'm sitting at the bottom of the mountain I'm just staring up going holy crap like how on earth am I gonna do this it's impossible or it feels impossible in the moment, but when I can find the right actions and know what I need to work on each day, it makes it so I can just like stay focused on what's happening in my immediate future versus like 10 years from now. Cause 10 years from now, a lot's going to change. Like that's a windy road. <laughs> that's a nice big roller coaster ride. <laughs> that's true. So Darlene, actually you reminded me um, a couple of months ago, um, I went uh, for a, um, I would say uh, probably you could call it a Euro, a Euro trip, a business Euro trip. I literally just took, you know, a sequence of planes and I said, okay, so finally I can come and meet, meet people face to face. Uh, so I flew to a few locations uh, to visit some of my clients and also to network, to meet uh, new people, to understand uh, how the world looks after the pandemic. Um, yeah. That was also the point where I um, I came to um, to realize uh, how different was response of uh, each country uh, to the world and how how much local entrepreneurship and local innovation has happened during the past two years and it's just uh, incredible. So um, in one of the countries. In, in Austria, okay, uh, my business partners just literally took me 
to a mountain hike, okay? So I'm like, okay, I love mountains. Uh, let's go, let's do a hike. Um, and we decided to go to a peak, okay? The peak is called Dachstein. It's like two and a half thousand meters above the sea level. It's quite high mountain. You need to be physically prepared to hike it. Um, the four of us, uh, it's a really great experience of uh, like uh, teamwork because everyone at some point becomes a little bit uh, tired or demotivated to go to the peak. It's still far. It looks like it's close, but it's actually far. <laughs> um, so we end up eventually we support each other. We, we climb this mountain, we get to the peak. And I'm like, wow, that's so great. And then I look around and I'm like, oh, there is like another 500 peaks around me. <laughs> and that was this exact point where I was like, so you know what? Success, <laughs> among other things, is when you reach this peak, don't look around, you know, <laughs> just at least for five minutes, at least for five minutes, just enjoy that you reach the peak of Dachstein. And that's where you've got and yes, there is 500 more peaks, and these are just the ones that your eyes can see at this specific po point from this specific peak, okay? But if you don't let yourself enjoy your achievement today, you're going to always be miserable. And I think that's um, very, very important, um, especially in entrepreneurship, where you have unlimited possibilities, unlimited opportunities, unlimited paths, right? So you have like 500 peaks, okay? So which one do I do I go to next? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> just, just, just stick with one at, at a time. You were in such a, like a beautiful point up because so often we, we reach the goal and then the first thing we do is go, well, now I'm not satisfied. I have to reach the next goal or I have to do this next thing. But there's something beautiful about just pausing and celebrating the success of what you actually accomplished and just like savoring that moment. I always tell my clients like when we're working on, they're not always like big goals, like climbing up to the peak, but sometimes it's like pitching ourselves to be on a podcast or um, getting invited to speak on, you know, a conference that's coming up like on the stage or doing different things like that, like celebrate and savor those moments and celebrate the ones that you don't even get, but that you tried to put yourself out there. Like maybe you put, you pitched 10 pitches to be on a podcast. And even if you don't get, you don't hear back for weeks or days, sometimes just celebrating the fact like, Hey, I put myself out there and I did something that I was a little bit nervous to do and scared to do. And I'm going to, you know, pop a champagne, because and celebrate, or I'm going to get a pedicure, or I'm going to take a nap, like whatever, it doesn't have to be big, but celebrate the little steps that it takes to get you there. Because once you're there, like you said, like you looked around and you're like, wow, there's so many things. There's more peaks. There's more things I can do. There's so much more to do, but, and we can do those things and we'll get there eventually. Right. But we don't always savor that moment. So I love that you like just kind of brought that back to perspective for yourself that you savored it like I got to the top of this mountain yeah there's other ones and I might see them one day but right now like I'm right here and this is what matters yeah uh, and it actually connects very much to customer success management uh, because um, and there's something special about customer success management uh, versus other domains that deal with clients and I want to give you an example. Uh, 
So um, whenever I, I came to organizations, I always look to, to transform a company, right? So I would come to a company that's just at the beginning of their journey. Like maybe there's like 50, 60 employees, you know, it really depends in uh, customer success management. Uh, we look at uh, number of clients. We don't really look at number of clients. We often look at what is called ARR, right? Annual recurring revenue. Uh, so it could be two clients that are very big and yeah. they have huge digital transformations, or it could be a hundred but smaller clients and maybe this, the technology is less complex. So it really uh, depends. The goal of a good customer success manager of a great customer success manager is to ensure that both sides, uh, both the customer side and the company side feel the success. Okay, and what do I mean by that? So for the customer success is something on their domain, okay? It could be increasing sales in Q2, okay, uh, in a specific market, and and your technology of the of the company serves this goal, right? Because they are a service and enabler. For example, they provide certain data analytics that helps to predict the sales. Okay. Now, on the company side, uh, the customers' goals are not necessarily the goal of the company, right? The, the company wants something else. Maybe the company wants to create a, a better solution for the customer. Maybe they want to um, uh, move in a certain direction of innovation, right? Maybe like there could be a lot of, of peaks that company yeah. is aspiring to. And the good customer success manager really helps to combine the successes of the customer with the success of the, of the company. Because it is only when the customer can, can achieve uh, that peak that for the customer is, is the peak, the company can be successful. Uh, and because customer success managers oftentimes need to, I would say, be, be like translators or mediators, right? So they say, so pretty much quite clearly explain to the technology um, vendor, right? Maybe technology domain uh, leaders, what was the impact of their technology on the world? This is a really uh, fine scale of customer success management, okay? I sometimes think that maybe it's a little bit in the domain of being a cheerleader, okay, for big organizations, because oftentimes companies are so focused on all of those little things like clients complain that something doesn't work, uh, something is not enough, uh, some timelines are compromised. There could be a lot of day-to-day -day struggles, day-to-day problems that um, companies start to lose the horizon. They start to lose this feeling of uh, enjoying uh, where they've got. And it is really the scale of a customer success manager to, to gather this information together and to show them, listen, but if you look around, right? A mountain is very easy for us. We can see with your eyes in business, you don't have mountains. You have a lot of data, you have a lot of tasks, you have a lot of people that all try to build something. And then you can come and actually articulate this peak, this new milestone that the company has achieved, that the customer has achieved, 
that's the customer success management. Yeah, I love it. And it's so important too, to like, you're almost helping the business owners celebrate because sometimes as business owners, we, we miss that all these things are actually happening. And when we can look at the data and look at the customer service experience and the different number pieces, you can actually get a real visual, a vivid visual picture, if that's the thing of like where those peaks are at and what's working and what's not working. And that's what helps us also change course when we need to change courses. It, it helps us, you know, do more of the things that are actually working and not get stuck in some of the day-to-day -day pieces of running the business. We can actually look at it from that aerial view of like, oh, this is where we're going and where we're headed. And these are the things that are really gonna help us get there. So I love that you have the ability to come in and support your customers and really finding what those things are so they can push forward to grow their business, which in turn helps the community, helps the employees, helps the teams of everybody around. It's like that ripple effect that comes off of when one business is, is successful, like how it ripples out into the world and just makes so much transformation and growth. So I'm so glad that you're doing this work and supporting so many amazing people. Um, before we dive into rapid fire questions, which we're gonna do here in just a second, um, what's coming up for your business? Is there, um, how can people, like who's your ideal client and how would they work with you? Uh, so, we actually provide a lot of different solutions for uh, both early stage uh, customer success organizations, which means those companies that work in certain ways, they have uh, already working technology um, and they are looking to grow uh, exponentially. They look to grow much faster than they've been doing so far. So that's one type of the ideal customer that uh, turns to us for help to actually change the way things work. And uh, the way we do it, we, on one hand, we articulate uh, the status quo and uh, where we can take the company through customer success management methodologies. And I bring top minds from the Silicon Valley, from the startup nation of Israel, uh, from uh, other uh, experienced in this very new to the world domain um, people to implement them, to build these new processes um, and the new strategies for the companies. Uh, another type of businesses that turn to us are those that aim to go global, okay? So many companies actually, they serve their local market, uh, maybe a regional market, and they want to expand. Uh, when you want to expand, uh, you not only need to change your thinking uh, from local to global, right? Because operations are different. Customer Success Institute actually has been established as a global company. Uh, so we instantly start um, establishing our operations cross border, right? Uh, but not every company is set this way. And here we bring expertise of uh, cross-cultural uh, communication, international business practices, uh, and the benefits um, that companies can get by turning from uh, local companies to multinationals, okay? When you turn to multinational, there are also certain challenges which we solve through cross-cultural communication workshops, um, some other practices that actually help to um, take the business through this transition, okay? Um, 
and okay so that's in terms of the clients and then the other thing that you wanted to know like where like where are you going what's what's next for you yeah where are we going so uh the next thing uh in the business uh i think that first of all uh it's it's definitely about articulating and actually um, bringing more value to the clients. I think for me as a founder and CEO, that's one of the top priorities uh, to make sure that the clients uh, actually receive the value from our services um, and that we can help them to achieve their business goals out of the whatever services we provide. Um, and another thing, um, in 2021, we've established um, a number of uh, customer success communities. Um, and I really invite everyone to join those. Uh, some of them are running on Facebook, uh, some of them on LinkedIn, uh, some uh, on uh, Vimeo and, uh, and WhatsApp. Um, and I really want uh, to make sure that everyone uh, is aware uh, of the customer success management and its benefits and how it can help uh, your business. Uh, one of the things that uh, we've been doing recently is actually um, encouraging more and more people to come uh, to the customer conference 2022. Uh, uh, there is a conference that is fully dedicated to customer success management uh, trends, new tools, um, and that's one of the things that we want to see more people actually coming and learning from the industry leaders, uh, not only online, but also in person. Um, and I'm sure there will be uh, many more things that I just don't like to tell everyone, every, uh, like everything too much ahead of the time. But I'll leave a little suspense. A little suspense I is always good. I like to, I like to have a lot I like to have a lot of secrets but I definitely want to say that the focus of customer success institute uh, is to bring the top and most innovative knowledge from uh, top executives in customer success management to all the companies and all the professionals who want to get this very very special very innovative and very much needed uh, knowledge uh, in 2022, uh, which is uh, a totally dig digital world, and, and we really need to learn how to how to live with it. Perfect. Well, I so appreciate you coming on and just sharing about the work that you're doing and how you're supporting so many of your clients. We're going to do some really quick rapid fire questions, um, just whatever pops into mind, and give us like just a tiny bit of an answer to it. Um, what are you currently binge watching on TV? Because I know so many people are binging stuff these days with COVID and not being able to go to many places. What's the one thing you're watching right now? On TV? Um, I don't really watch TV, I'll be honest. Um, Good. Too many years. <laughs> uh, but uh, I did take uh, a leap and I went to a cinema to watch uh, Matrix 4 uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That's awesome. rather unusual of me. <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm not typically a big TV watcher. I'd watch something here and there. Um, but with the pandemic and not going out of my house as much, I found that I've been binge watching a little bit of TV. So I figured I'm going to ask what other people are watching. That way I can make sure I'm watching what I need to. 
Um, are you reading anything currently right now? Do you have any books on your nightstand or in your office? Absolutely. Actually, so that's what I like to do. Uh, I always have three to four books running and I'm a slow reader and I was initially a little bit um, uh, uncomfortable about it, but now I understand that that's just how I am. Uh, I read books uh, for um, reflection and um, to when I look uh, for solutions of my problems. So <laughs> I tend to turn to really smart people uh, to to find the solutions for me, and some yeah. of them wrote books. So uh, one of the books that I'm currently reading is Founder's Dilemma. I hope I'm not confusing his the name of the author is Noam Wasserman. I hope I'm not. Sorry, if not, we'll fix it in the it's show notes. Only family name, only family name. Uh, that's one. Um, I read something spiritual as well. Uh, so um there's quite a few books and uh because i told you at the beginning of our conversation i'm a systems person so when i decide to research certain domain i go and read everything about it so lately i got interested in spirituality and now, now i'm reading in parallel on Taoism, kabbalah uh the um uh, Indian, um, uh, the Indian philosophies uh, that that explain how chakras interact and all this kind of gives me a, a more or less holistic picture of uh, uh, this part of the world. Yeah. And uh, uh, I've been, um, I'm pretty sure if there's anything that I read that much for fun, like really for fun, like novels. I should probably improve on that, uh, but uh, when it's for fun. Well, sometimes, I don't know, for me, I feel like the fun books are now just the personal development books, the books that are gonna push me forward to be a better human being. So sometimes yeah. it's it's like yeah. the personal yeah. development books are what lead my business, but it also is what helps me to step into who I am. Yeah, totally. So I think that it's been more of like, um, learning more on how to like meditate and uh, uh, like emotional management that's actually you would be surprised uh, just a couple of months ago I was approached by someone by a researcher from Harvard University and she's like I'm looking for managers to use mindfulness and meditation in their work like for their work and I was like okay that's actually me because you would probably be surprised, right? But for me, all of this personal development is always very much connected to what I'm doing, what I'm bringing to the world. So yes, it's for fun. And then yes, it's also to make sure that I can be a better boss for my team and I can be a better partner for my life partner and I can be a better friend for my friends. And then it all kind of connects together yeah. the mission that you bring with yourself. Uh, but yeah, I think that like every now and then I read, I read, I read poetry in, uh, in five languages that I know. So every now and then I just to take something from each one of the languages. Like uh, most recently um, I was reviewing Lina Kostenko, uh, that's a Ukrainian poet. Uh, that I really admire. She's still alive and uh, she really touches the hearts of uh, people when it comes to, to her view um, of uh, dreamers. Yeah. She writes a lot about dreamers. Awesome. And my last question for you, what does attract and stand out mean to you? 
attract and stand out. Uh, so I think that attract for me, um, I think it's, it's, these two notions are very much connected, like attract and stand out. Yeah. Um, but I think that they describe totally different ways of behavior uh, where attract um, is something, it's like you see a mountain far in, on the horizon and you see suddenly the uh, light of, of the sun reflects over the hills of the mountain so it attracts you because you kind of see it from a distance and you really want to get there and it attracts you by how um, unfamiliar it is for you or how uh, mis mysterious it is for you. And the more you approach, the more you kind of disclose what is this point that attracts you, what it actually looks like. That's, it, that's attract. Yeah. Um, and then stand out, uh, it's more of an intentional, you know? So if attract implies no action, implies attracting by just the very presence of what this is, more of a Taoism kind of approach, stand out implies an action. You actually need to take an action to um, bring the attention to you. Thank you. Lisa, thank you so much for being here with me today. It's been so fun to hear your story and just to chat with you and connect. I know people are going to want to connect more with you. Um, where should we send them? Uh, so there is a lot of ways to, uh, to find Customer Success Institute. I think one of them is actually to Google it. You will very likely find uh, either our Facebook or LinkedIn channel uh, to connect and to follow our news and, uh, and our offers. Uh, another way to reach out to the team is uh, just email uh, administrator or contact at csminstitute.org. Uh, I think that actually is even easier, right? Contact at csminstitute.org uh, and uh, just write whatever you want to write to us and we'll be happy to help. Perfect. And I know that you have a lovely gift for everybody. You're offering a 15 minute free career advice for professionals um, conversation and for them to apply for that, to send their CV to administrator at C or csminstitute.org, which I'll make sure is in the show notes below. Um, so generous of you to, to just give your feedback and your time to them to support on their adventures. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being here. That's another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. Um, remember, I believe in you. You're allowed to stand out. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to be you. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, darling. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. 
You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.